On this episode, Duke gets the season sweep. Kansas loses another player. We debate if handshake lines should go away. We go over the conference rundown, and we give out another green light player of the week. Give me that green light. Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. Welcome, everybody, to episode 35 of the Greenlight Podcast. It is a good day to be a Duke fan, not so good to be a Cavalier fan. Duke gets the season sweep of Virginia, not something that Duke has been able to say uh, in recent years, as Virginia is always, always a problem. But uh, what are they, though? I the mean, more, honestly, the more I think about it, the black and, jerseys, man, they're working. The out. black jerseys scare me. Obviously, everything. Funeral, but baby. The more so, ESPNU had a marathon from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. of Duke Trump Virginia game. games, and the biggest theme I watched all except for the 2017 game. Um, watched 90, 2000, 2007, 2012, this guy 26. Up till it was three in the morning. it was ridiculous. But the theme of that every game, every single time, whether it was a Duke win or Virginia win. The theme with the announcers was like, oh, Virginia hasn't won here since 1995, or Virginia is trying to snap a 14-game losing streak. Like, I do think like it is a big rivalry because I think everyone just gets – like Virginia gets up for Duke. But honestly, Virginia has way more success against UNC, against uh, even Syracuse or teams like that. Tony, this is the one team that Tony struggled with. Um, it was the only – last year was their first win at Duke, and it was the uh, – since 1995. Um, so they've beaten them. I know they beat them in the ACC championship. They beat them yeah, last year in the teams. But yeah, mean, Duke, Duke has the upper hand, like, easily. Like, it's not – I No, no, I know. I know. I'm, I'm, but I'm now I'm going over it. Now it actually doesn't look that great for you. But one in 2012, one in 2013, one in 2017, and that was it. And then they obviously just yeah. this year. Maybe it just seems like it is. I, I mean I – th- Yeah, I mean there have been some Even big, from my perspective, yeah. I feel like we lose to Virginia more than most other teams. Like Carolina's They're always hyped like, up games. Their games yeah, are always hyped up. Like the Tyus Jones shot, that was like a big hyped up college game day environment. Like last year's game was the one that Virginia actually did pull out. Um, I mean, it's the Grayson travel. Like those those games were like – such a bad – Those games were hyped travel. up. And But at the end of the day, like – I didn't have the greatest feeling going into it, um, especially when Virginia they had college game day and the kid hit another hit half another court one. Shot. You got to talk. I about literally that. four said in a row, four in a row, and I literally said to Kyle, "I was like, oh, we're losing tonight." Like it, I, I just laughed. I was like, "We're we're losing." I was like, we, "Something's got to change." Like we got it, we we can't have college game day and these dudes hitting half court shots because that always leads to us losing on the, in the night. So that's my frustration. Um, but honestly, at the end of the day. Um, if R.J. Barrett is going to have, excuse me, Rowan Barrett Jr., um, mm. if, if he is going to have nice. the greatest shooting night, literally of his entire 60%. life, of his whole life. No, you did the math. Tell the people. So I, the, I pulled up. The research. Um, shout to the old uh, old employer uh, crossover and crossover recruit. Pulled up the database of his numbers in high school for shooting from three, um, not just from. And like, so we'll start even this year in college. He had games where he went four of eighteen from three against Syracuse. He was three of nine against Yale. He was two of nine against Auburn. He was, I mean, two or three threes. Yeah, he'll hit those. But when you even go back to high school, 
And you count his international games playing for Team USA. You count on EYBL playing. I mean, he was one of four, one of five, oh of three, one of four, one of three. You look at him at Montverde in high school, oh of one, one of three, two of three, one of three. This guy's not not even Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. He's not a shooter. Like you don't think of no. that. He's a scorer. Like his best game I'm looking at in college, he had like a game of like four for four. Everything else, 0 for 1, 0 for 2, 0 for 1, 1 for 3. He came and out. And then this dude just came out gunslinging. 3 for 3. Gunslinging. All looked good. Um, all looked like he was confident with it. Finishes 6 for 10. On the, I mean, listen, we talked about it last night. Virginia's strategy worked. They did I want mean, they, really they did, did want Duke to shoot, and they wanted to keep them out of the lanes. Yep. They closed all the gaps. Zion had a couple real bad um, drives where they closed on him, and then he either turned it over or lost it off his foot out of bounds a couple times. So... The, the strategy worked, man, but when the team does make the threes... No one's beating Duke when that happens. When that happens, like, it's, it's just over. not, like... And it's... It, the thing is, I said to... I think I said to everybody that was asking me about how I thought about the game, I thought Virginia played better defensively in this game than they did the last game. Yeah. The last game, the game they were giving up straight-line drives to yep. Zion and RJ. They weren't blocking out. They were giving up offensive rebounds. This, I thought they did better, but they... they Tony said they might have held a little bit too long and didn't then go to their closeouts right after... Um and and gave up some threes and maybe could have been more contested looks but even the contested ones I mean there were a couple be like Cam banked in one really early yeah, real bad. which was like and, was, and then or Zion, I guess Zion hit one Zion maybe. hit one he went one for one that was um, it I th- I think the thing we- before I get into this the, yeah, yeah. when I knew that when I knew it was bad as soon as LeBron James showed up on that screen I said we're not ready for this Virginia Virginia's not ready for Z- <laughs> for LeBron James to be sitting in John Paul Jones Arena I was like we're, or that's not a good sign Forget- Duke's ready Duke's for- ready for that they get that all the whole time yeah forget the athleticism and how good they are at basketball could you just imagine how cool it would be to have lebron and rich paul and jay-z at the pick game like all these dudes just coming to watch you play dude, like dap you up trying to sign you to their freaking dude, like grant hill was there ralph sampson was there you got these guys that would be big attractions yeah, big and names himself and then it's like nope lebron's here yeah, and they LeBron. put him like the worst seat ever too like right <laughs> next to the padding of the, of the hoop um, so, probably because I mean, yeah, and, and uh, are more but it makes. I mean, honestly, if it makes if if you look, everyone's like, oh, Rondo and LeBron are there. They must just be enamored by Zion, which I'm sure they are. But if you look who's sitting behind them, there's a guy named Rich Paul who's a little puppet master right now in the NBA. Of uh, of and and it makes sense. Just clutch sports. They're going to try. I I mean, I'm sure at least one or two of those guys will sign with it because at the end of the day. They're like, look what I'm doing. I'm forcing Anthony Davis out of New Orleans. I've got LeBron in this place. I've got Ben Simmons. We've, we're yep. going to control the narrative. Yep. Clutch Sports is going to control the NBA. More than an athlete, baby. You want uh, life. Uh, this is a second reference of, uh, of uh, Diddy in back-to-back episodes. But you want to add, it's in the dance in the videos. That's it, like, man. That's, that was that's, epic. That's, that party for Saquon Barkley. Did oh you see gosh, all that? Jay-Z, Jay-Z, Kevin Hart, Diddy. Like, that's, dude's, that's, what, 20, that's dude's like what, 22 years yeah. old. Like, just didn't know what to do. Unbelievable. Incredible. Um, um, all right, so good night for me. Obviously, Duke gets the dub. Uh, you got to turn around. I know you want to talk about the dude, scheduling. So honestly, UVA has... Before I get into that, the one thing I'll say, I don't care that much. Virginia has obviously owned the regular season. Like, the last two years... We have what, full five losses total in the last two seasons. It's to, to Duke to three this teams. year, uh, to four five losses to four teams. Five Duke months. twice this year. Obviously, UMBC, West Virginia, <laughs> and Virginia Tech. So like, 
Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, like we've this done really it. well in the regular season. I could care less. This is the one year, though, where I did really want Virginia to get the number one overall seed simply because the East Regional is in Washington, D.C. Yeah, this is um, big. And obviously Duke's going to get – like the only way I can see Duke falling out of the number one overall is if they lost like two or three other games in the ACC and then Virginia beat them in the ACC tournament. I can't see Virginia yeah. now hopping them to no, be able to get that. So and then the problem with that as well is so the regionals this year are in D.C., Louisville, Kansas City, and Anaheim. If Virginia's not that number two overall one seed, that's going to go to Tennessee and Tennessee, or even maybe even Kentucky at this point. The way they're playing, I know one of those teams they're going to play in Louisville. And which, if Virginia's in a one seed, they're going to either Kansas City or Anaheim. Yeah, um, right. Right now, uh, Lenardi has Virginia as the one uh, in the South and Louisville, with Kentucky as the two right now. Anyway, so Tennessee would get Kansas yep. City, Gonzaga would get Anaheim, and then Duke would get DC. Yeah, and I honestly, I normally like wouldn't care about that. I mean, like Virginia would have like they've had favorable matchups. They've been number one seeds for a while. They've been one overall last year. All these different things. This is the one where it's like D.C., especially when the ACC tournament was there a few years ago. I mean, their Virginia fans show up. Like, so many of their fans are already living in Northern Virginia. Um, and for a team that lost to a 16 seed last year, we need all the help we can get. So um, I, that's the only thing that hurts me with this loss is I think if we had won, it would have kept us in the conversation for the number one overall. Now the deck stacked against us, which leads me to my point where we're also, I feel like, I'm going to say getting screwed, but it makes absolutely no sense to me why the ACC schedules uh, Duke at home for Virginia on Saturday night and then a turnaround Monday night at North Carolina. I would rather at least be at, like, at Duke and then home against North Carolina. You get to come home, but the fact that they played last night, lost, get on a bus today, one day to prep for North Carolina, play tomorrow night at UNC, um, it's very, very tough. And I get like there's probably a fair, they probably an algorithm to it, whatever yeah, it is, but... Um, Virginia had off all week to prepare for Duke, and then now it's a one-game one turnaround to prepare for UNC. So they've got a tough stretch coming up. Duke does too. I mean, I think yeah, Duke, they go, they I think go Duke has on one of the toughest. Yeah, I mean, they got to go. Duke goes at Louisville, NC State at home, which usually they always yeah. play them tough. UNC. Um, Syracuse again. At Syracuse. At the and then at Virginia Tech, where hopefully Ooh. maybe Justin Robinson will be back at that point for Virginia Tech. But, I mean, it's the meat of their ACC schedules for both of these teams are right now. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they're in the thick of it. Um, they're in the thick of it. I'll pose a question for you. Someone brought it up, I think, on, on Twitter today. It said, um, the Fab Five, obviously they took them to a Final Four, took them to a national championship game. When they went into the conference, or when they went in the NCAA tournament, they went in as a six seed. This Duke team is now going to be the overall number one. It's like it's time to start Probably. seriously thinking that is this the greatest freshman basketball team ever assembled? Are you ready to put them? Like, I that, mean, it, I, I, was, I didn't want to entertain. Like, obviously, they are one of the best, but those numbers are pretty yeah, crazy. Yeah, Michigan never won it, so it's hard. You know, obviously, They never won, but, like, the fact that they came in as a six seed. Yeah, it's weird. And, like, most of their success came always, to, Yeah, I mean, But, like, this is a, they're going to be it. the clear favorite number one, I think, going into the tournament. As I mean, as, I think if they get the to the Final playing. Four, it's an easy argument, and if they win it, it's over. Um, then there is no argument, actually. But if they get to the Final Four, I mean... Especially with how Zion's playing, and actually, you have made a good point. I want to pull up his numbers in the last couple of games. Just like I, I think it's more of a, an effect of how well he played early in the season. Yeah, and and again to the point of like you're we're in the heart of that ACC schedule, so people do somewhat kind of hit their plateau. I would say, um, but he has. I'm trying to look at his last couple games. 23 minutes. Yeah, that was Kentucky. So let me see. So Virginia, I mean, last night he played well. 
Um, he was six straight from the field. He had 18 points, 16 the night before. I mean, no, I mean, I think that honestly, now that we're looking at the numbers, you and I were like, just, we were kind of like, I don't know, is he slowing down? I mean, in his last five, 22, 26, 29, 16, and 18. Yeah. So, I mean. And he's a, it's still a fish. I mean, he shot six of eight from the field against Virginia, seven of 12 against BC with some fluke, like missed dunks. Yep. 13 yep. of 17 against St. John's, so 10 of 12, 9 of 12, 11 of 13. It's the efficiency that goes with it. Um, His lowest scoring game of the year was at Florida State with 11. He went 5 for 10 from the field. Yeah. And they won by 12. It's just I won it's by ironic because, like, obviously, you look at last year and the whole narrative story around, not the narrative, but one of the major stories in college basketball, we always thought was Trey Young, ESPN pushing Trey Young, yep. ESPN pushing, it was Trey Young stat counter on, like, a game that wasn't <laughs> even Oklahoma yeah. playing. They did and that then now, And so, like, that, but Trey Young's such a volume guy. Yep. It was, like, taking a ton of deep threes, yep. bunch of assists. Like, Zion, like, doesn't need to be taking all the shots, but he's so efficient in what he takes. Like yep. he's not going to miss more than like five shots in a game, more most likely. He's not. He's so efficient around the rim. He's so strong around the rim, and it's it's wild. And and then obviously on the defensive side, the dude blocked one probably the most impressive blocks I've ever seen in my oh, entire my life. DeAndre Hunter, which I thought was a great look for them for Virginia to get one of the cleaner looks I thought they would have all night. Corner three. He had been heating up a little bit, and then Zion take like literally two feet in the paint when. Hunter catches the ball. It wasn't a clean catch, but then the dude just takes off and blocks it. And if you watch the video, obviously everyone's seen it. He's like still rising as he blocks it's it. Wild. It's unbelievable. Wild. Um, and that obviously sends a message. And I mean, as a shooter, as a shooter, and you can't get a, you will think you have a clean look like that. That's got to mess open. with your head so much too. It was it's like, oh my, I got to account. You have to account for that every single time. Um, he was but, wide open. But props to props to Duke. I mean, they they're. Clear far favorites number one right now. Um, they're the most talented. It'll be interesting to see if team how teams will adjust to try and beat them. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's their. We'll hopefully, hopefully, we'll get around three of Virginia Duke and uh, I don't in, want in Charlotte. No, you do. I don't. Um, I would like that, but uh, and then who knows? We'll see. I think I think Virginia's still a top four team in the in, in the country. Easy. I think Duke's number one. Without so a doubt. Um, not too upset about it. But big uh, big one tomorrow night coming for. Uh, uh, yeah, for you guys. For, for us. Um, all right. Let's – I had the uh, – I had a chance to go check out the Friars versus the Johnnies in the Garden yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um, place was borderline sold out, which I was actually shocked about for a noon Saturday game um, for, you know, not Villanova or, yep. you know, like a marquee matchup. Obviously, yep. Providence struggling a little bit this year. But huge uh, upset. Providence gets the dub over St. John's. Providence moves to 4-7 and seven in conference, which – to a lot of people, it doesn't mean anything, but it's a huge win for them. A crazy, yeah. not anything St. John saw coming. St. John's is seventeen and seven overall, now five and six, and there's still. I mean, now there's a massive tie for third between St. John's, Georgetown, Butler, Seton Hall, and DePaul. If you can believe that, Dave Leo all five to, or six. Dave Leo trying to save his job right there. So the Big East is basically two main teams: Villanova and Marquette. We're going to get to Marquette later, but uh, huge, huge win for Providence on the road. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's big. I mean, they stopped the bleeding. They had lost. Um, they had lost a close one on the road at Seton Hall. They lost to DePaul on the road, which they probably shouldn't lose, and lost a home game to uh, to Georgetown. Yeah. Um, and then stopped and go into a place where I mean, St. John's right now, uh, it coming off their biggest win. Of the, well, they've beat Marquette twice at this point, but. St. John's coming off their biggest one of the season against Marquette. Mm-hmm. Coming back home, fans are juiced. That's a that's a huge Marquette's win. Marquette's twenty and four. They have two losses at St. John's. 
know what I mean? Like, this is a wild, huge yeah. win for Providence. Providence yeah. then has to turn, you want to talk about scheduling, at St. John's, and they got to go back to Providence and then go to Villanova on Wednesday. Um, who knows? I mean, obviously Villanova can be beaten, but that's another tough one. And then Mustafa they get, Heron was out for St. John's, right? Yes. Because that's, yeah, I mean, that's that, huge. That's hard. And they don't, St. John's is, is good. They. Listen, man, the offense is like just yeah. high ball screen really with Shamari and create a play. They Their don't shot selection drives me insane it's sometimes. Wild. It's almost they're, like the equivalent of watching Harden play. Yeah. Like they just give Pons the ball and they're just like, here, go, go ahead. for it. Go just for do it. it. And, and then some of the guys, and I think some, like, and I'm fine with Shamari doing what he wants, but some of those guys, like, I mean, no. Justin Simon, Figueroa, they think they're Shamari and they're ticket. Like I that know. Duke game, I remember watching the Duke game, was it last week? Um, yeah, on the February second, yeah, yeah February second, yeah. and like the first half, it was such, it was like an up and down, up and down, and they were just taking some of the worst, worst, worst shots. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, they, the the Big East. I think. I mean, it's a pretty Villanova is Villanova. They finally lost a Big East game. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I think the the thing for me with the Pac twelve being down with some of these other conferences, teams not being as good as we expect them to be. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how many teams that the Big East can get. I, I think, think, think they're it's a, just going to get like conference. three. Yeah, I think, I think they just get three this year, which is just scary to think about. But let's – I mean, we might as well transition to Marquette. Like, we've we've kind of been talking about them all year, whether or not they're – I legit. love them. I mean, I love Yeah, them. like, and, I just uh, didn't know – We've liked them last year. Obviously, I had Andrew Rousey and this team. And oh. So, like, they're, it was – Yeah, team Rousey and Howard were just beasts. I mean, now – I mean, at this point, Marcus Howard is almost unguardable. You know, I mean, he's shooting 44% from the field. 43% from three, and 91% free throw shooter. Yep. So you can't ha- let him shoot mid-range, you can't go underneath the ball screen, and you can't foul him. Yep. Like, what are you supposed to do with this guy? He's averaging 25 points a game. He's crushing it. And then you add in he's young. the Dude, Hauser- the crazy thing, he's a 19-year-old junior. He's still so young. I love it. He's so young. He came in as a 17-year-old, and he's been there. He's 19, but he's got experience. So, like... I think the only thing that, yeah, like, and and we, I texted a couple people to see, you know, what they thought about Marquette. Everybody has, they they all think they're legit. Um, Now, what that means for a tournament run, I don't know. I think they're super top heavy. Like, after Howard and Hauser, you know, their scoring somewhat drops off with, you know, Joe, then the other Hauser and uh, Theo John. Like, they they don't have. It does fall off a little bit. It falls off. And so I'm worried that if if Lousy was still on this team, it would be awesome. It'd be a whole other story. um, Like, if Howard goes cold in the Sweet 16 against, like, somebody really talented. Where do they go? Yeah. That's kind of so where I is, see Marquette. And this is honestly, I didn't even realize this stat. I'm pulling it up now. The biggest differentiator, I was, last year, Marquette, I mean, they didn't even end up making the tournament. They went to the NIT. But um, the biggest thing, if you look at their offensive defensive numbers, and this kind of gives me um, a little bit of hope for them. Last year, they had the 12th best offensive efficiency, but the 182nd defense. Yeah, they improved. Right now, their defense, they have a 32nd offense, so a little bit of a step back in comparison. But then 39th ranked defense, See? so that's a 150 spot jump. That's like those Massive. are what you that you have to have that to keep. I mean, yep. they're only their losses are to Indiana on the road, Not Kansas a, on a neutral site. That's fine. St. John's on the Saint road, John's and twice. then that kind of fluke St. John's loss at home the other night. So I think they are really good. And the thing too, I mean, when we were talking, um, the biggest stat last year when we were going and we were evaluating the NCAA tournament in the bracket yes. was it was. The only team, the teams that won the national championship every single year, um, have, have fallen in the top, in the top 10, twenty. Right? No, it's top twenty-five okay. in offensive and defensive yep. efficiency. Yep. So you need to have a combination of both. Now, thirty-second offense, 39th on defense. Not saying that they're like a national championship contender, but those numbers are so close enough that they're they are able to do both. Yep. Um, it's not just. Um, 
I mean, I'm looking at they gave up. Let's see. So they beat Villanova, uh, gave up 65 points, 70 St. John's. I mean, they gave up 58 to Butler, 82 to Xavier, which is not great. But, I mean, they're mostly giving up games in the 60s. Like, they're only giving up, like, 60-some a game. So um, it's not like they're in 80 point, 80 to 85 to 84 shootouts every yeah, single yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. That would scare me because exactly. then it's one and then it's not. So they can rely on their defense a little bit more. They don't cause a ton of turnovers, but um, they'll uh, – I mean, a 12th best three-point shooting team. So they're a fun team to watch. If you haven't watched them, it's yeah. definitely uh, – and, and, and unis are dope. Wojo's. <laughs> Wojo. Yeah. Shout out Wojo. It's interesting. So. All right, let's transition to Kansas. Uh, maybe for the 12. first yeah. time in 14 years, Kansas will not win the Big 12 regular season, which would be – I mean, one of the greatest. Um, <laughs> but one we, of the we've greatest, had this conversation every year, but this is as real as it's ever. Yeah, gotten. yeah, we do always say it. But one of the greatest, like, uh, not always talked about streak in sports. Oh yeah, it's wild it is, that no. they've done. Like, they, it's pretty it's nuts. Absolutely insane. Um, it's but not what, like it's a slump. Like it's a slump no, of a conference. No, it's not like yeah. it's like. I don't even know a, a good comparison because it's like even the ACC, it's like no, it's a Duke or a Virginia or a North Carolina yeah. or a Syracuse or like there's so Somebody many different options. Yeah, Louisville, yeah. yeah. Um, and even like the in the Big Ten, like Michigan State isn't even like or Michigan. Yeah, or, like, Big Ten never has it. It's, it, it's how, how he's how he's been able to do it is is remarkable. But in not good news, uh, LeGerald Vick is taking a leave of absence from the team. Uh, it says it's a personal quote, matters. Is yeah, quote from himself says it's personal matters, which is interesting. I was listening to uh, Gary Parish's podcast, and he he was trying to find some way into explaining this, and he said, you know, this is coming after his season low in playing. Minutes. It's he played also, like I want, 18 minutes. I think Gary Parrish is hiding something from him. Gary Parrish is a Memphis guy, and I think LeGerald Vick is mm. from Memphis who's going back home to Memphis. I think he's got some inside info there. Hmm. That's, Interesting. And he just doesn't want to say it. I think, yeah, it's like a way of like – well, he, he, he touched on him not playing as much. He said it, it, when he announced it, he came off uh, his lowest uh, minutes this season. So he played like 18 minutes yeah, and then came out, numbers. and he's like, do you think that has anything to do with it? And I forget. Who's he had on his pod? Norlander, right? Yeah. Matt yeah, Norlander. so Norlander was like, listen, man, I don't know what you want me to say. I, I have no idea Looking if that's at his true. Ma- yeah, it is odd because – so he had played most of the games leading up to it. was like 36 minutes, 25 or minutes, above. 32, 33, 37, 35. The Texas game that they lost, he only played 23 minutes. Texas Tech played 36 and then 19 minutes against Kansas yep. State. So I, I can't read into that, man. It's hard to read into it. I don't know if that's – it's in – it's weird. It's because he's a weird case, anyways. Because he's the one that he like left. The, he was like left the team, and there really wasn't. And then they're like, all right, we're going to spot. And then the, he ends up coming back this yep. year, and it's like, okay. And he he's had like really good early in the season. He had really good games. I mean, Kansas is down to like seven scholarship players. It's nuts. You man. know what I mean? Like it is wild. Uh, obviously, Silvio Silvio De Sousa, who we've talked bench. about a ton, is yep. ineligible. Um, and it's wild too, because like everyone that's new, like Quentin Grimes is a freshman, Deidre Lawson is a transfer. It's like a yeah. Azabuki's out for the year. Um, Devin Dotson's freshman. a freshman. Yeah. Charlie Moore is a transfer. Like it's a, it's a brand new Kansas team. Yeah. And so it's like you don't have like Gerald Vick was that one guy that's been through the ringer with self. Yep. And like now that we've gotten to this point, they've had um, some crazy recruiting and just roster issues the past like four or five years that probably no other like true blue blood has gone through. I mean, maybe UCLA, but even then they've been yeah. consistent. You know, yeah. like they've had their guys. They went to the Sweet 16 and they lost. Like yeah. that's – Yeah. UNC I mean, like hasn't 18, had it. Duke hasn't yeah. had it. I mean, 
It's crazy. Like every year, it's like oh, another Kansas player can't do it or can't play or is leaving. Yep. And now Vit like Frank it's been kind of crazy. Josh, yeah, I mean they've had like yeah, it's it's it is pretty wild. I mean the last last year they finished ninth in Ken Palm, sixth the year before that, third the year before that, twelfth. Right now they're sitting at sixteenth in Ken Palm. They've got TCU tomorrow night um, or Monday night on the road. Um, and then they go home against West Virginia. They gotta go at Texas Tech. Now Texas Tech obviously is sitting, so they're seven and four. Texas Tech is seven and four, um, and that's I mean, pulling up the Big Twelve. Yeah, it's uh, Kansas State is eight and two. So Kansas State's got they've played ten games. So they have a game in hand essentially. Yep. Um, only Thanks. two losses. Kansas State schedule coming up. So they've won three straight. Kansas State has to go on the road to Texas, which will be tough. Um, home against home against Iowa State. Yep. The only I would say the only thing if say if Kansas State gave up like lost two in a row and they're like sitting at eight and four, then it maybe brings Kansas back in the conversation. Um, I feel like we had this conversation last year, but uh, it's this is a more real just because they, the way the roster has gotten to at this point, they're not yep. they have no depth. Nope. It's a team that hasn't I don't see been it, man. Good. I think it's, we're going on record. Not that this is like a shocking thing. You but think Kansas State wins the conference? Or do you think that Texas Tech does? If you were to make a prediction right now, I say Texas Tech. They guard, man. Texas Tech plays such good defense. They do. Um, I like them a lot. It's interesting, but you never know. Um, West Virginia is the one team in that conference, though. It's been oh man, they were in my final, final four, four. Sitting just 100, awful. Sitting 117 just in Kempon, awful. Ten and 14, two and nine in the conference. Oh. Tough to tough to see. You hate to see that. You hate to see it. All right, let's go to the West Coast. Another thing you absolutely hate to see if you root for the Arizona Wildcats. Yep. Uh, so assistant coach, uh, I don't know his first name, but Phelps. Mark, Mark, Mark Phelps. Phelps yeah. um, I think he's been there a got, while. Yeah. Yeah, this was a, a very weird development when you sh- shot me that, uh, that tweet. I think it was probably from Goodman. But basically, oh, he's only been there four years, I guess. All right. Yeah, and then and then the AD comes. Anyway, so Mark Phelps uh, basically gets placed on. I mean, are we saying administration administrative leave, or Something did he just? Like that. Yeah, it's it's a little murky. But um, Arizona initiated the process to terminate Phelps on Thursday uh, for not following due process provided in policy, whatever that means. Nobody's really sure. Hmm. Um, so now Arizona is without an assistant, and then the AD comes. So now everyone's like, well, you know, this is obviously an attempt to get so Sean Book Miller R- out yeah. of there. Book Richardson, the other assistant that was involved in the FBI stuff, is already pleaded guilty and's been out now mark phelps there's also um the thing the other assistant like that uh that has been not indicted but has been is joe pasternak who's was at arizona who's Mm -hmm. now at cal us ucsb um that there was like rumors where that he had offered deandre ayton like fifty thousand dollars or he had all and he was involved with the brian bowen stuff and he's not there anymore so now you go back to the argument i think at this point arizona wants sean miller out I think, yeah, but the AD. But the, that's what I'm saying. The AD comes out and says we strongly support Coach Sean Miller. Like, is that just something that you have to say? I think you have to just because everything's swirling and but and hopefully the kids they have a big time recruiting class coming in. They've got Nico Mannion and they have like I think so. Those guys don't jump ship just, ship just yeah, like yeah, ironically yeah. how like Sharif O'Neill did. Yeah, um, these dudes jump ship and I'm like, oh, you got to try and keep it. But um, just weird timing and not a really yeah. good explanation. What I was listening to and the rumors are, was that they can't pin anything on Sean Miller himself. And so they're just going to try and pick off every one of his assistants one by one and then use the, hey, you got to have some control at some point or another. And whether there's stuff on him, they'll use that. And interesting name that I've heard of this and we kind of talked about, well, 
a little before. Number one, the rumor I've heard is that Luke Walton wants the UCLA job. Mm. If he doesn't get the UCLA job, then you can maybe go after the Arizona job where he played. So Luke Walton wants to get out of LeBron mess, possible name if, for whatever reason, Sean Miller doesn't get there and he doesn't get UCLA, go back home to Arizona, bring the Lute Olsen era back. And uh, that would be wild. The school did say, too, um, it said in a statement on Wednesday that Felt's removal was not related to the federal criminal proceedings in New York. So it's not, it has nothing to do with the DeAndre Ayton stuff. Uh, they actually say that it may have to do with what you just said, Sharif O'Neal's academic transcripts. So I don't know. I mean, Phelps came out and denied that he did anything wrong and he's going to cooperate with the NCAA and all that type of stuff. So. Not a great sign for Arizona. It hasn't been the best couple of years for them. Um, going to be interesting to see if uh, if there is a change at Arizona. Obviously, one of the you know best programs to coach at in the entire country. Um, what else? What's um, next? We well stick. I want to stick with the pack to. Oh, this is the other thing. This we didn't talk about this. Damon Stoudemire in staying on Arizona real quick was he had a tweet that says. And it's taking on in Arizona. It's a guy in an airport said he went to U of A and enjoyed watching me play. Then I then said I almost hit him with my BMW by the stadium in 1993. I finished with I finished with I never seen a college team have so many guys with nice, nice whips. whips. <laughs> Yo, Damon Star. Yeah, it was Don't on the final four. And the Why? wildest thing, like, and then Greg Anthony yeah, responded, "Damn, he never saw the Rebels, saw the Rebels play." Yeah. And. And he goes, yeah, and Dave's like, I seen the cars y'all was riding, another level. Nick Van Exel, damn, we didn't <laughs> even have cars, SMH. It's That's unreal. pretty good. Kenny and Anderson then, yeah. chimed in. And then Greg Anthony, the best tweet, which is so ironic, with obviously he's Cole Anthony's dad, who's the number two recruit in the country, he's getting recruited right now by everybody. He tweets, a quote tweet, about Damon Stoudemire. He said, I heard about that bag emoji yep. at Zona. We're, word is, they still cha-chinging it. <laughs> crying face emoji, crying face emoji, crying face. Going to try and come see you guys play in a few weeks. Love, fam. Damon Stoudemire, like, he set off do you a also realize reaction. Damon Stoudemire is the head, head coach, coach at Pacific? He's a Division One head coach right now that's tweeting like, "Oh, about the whips we had back in the Lute Olson day." And that's the thing that's so ironic. All these Hilarious. Arizona fans are so delusional. I think that Lute Olson oh, was like the most on. like by the book guy, and it's like, "Oh, Sean Miller's no. this evil like used car salesman no. that's like cheating." Yo, this thing's been going on forever, and they're openly. You have a Division One coach that's like your. One of the greatest players of all time Almost in Arizona history. And just like That's throwing amazing. it out there. Like, I don't even care. Like, yeah, it was obvious it was going on. So, um, wild stuff. Pac-12, do you think – last question I'll leave on Pac-12. Do you think it's a one-bit league? It has to be. Right? has to be. I mean, it's like Washington gets in at 37. And then it's the next best team maybe is – Arizona Oregon, St- Man. Oregon, maybe. Uh, Pac-12 standings right now. I mean, it's Arizona 10, State, Washington's maybe. ten and one. Arizona State's seven and four. Oregon State's seven and four. Shout Trace Chinkle, uh, better than uh, national player. They're actually projecting them to win but out. Arizona State. Oh, no. um, Arizona State right now. They were. I thought they were good until they had a brutal loss at home. They lost by twenty-one to Washington State at home. That does not help your resume. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think Hurley's probably the biggest up in the air one with if they get in or not. Um, they got to get to like 22, 23 wins. Sticking with – actually, that is in the Pac-12. Um, USC, Colorado. Yes, I know. How about this handshake line? If you haven't seen it uh, – It's pretty like, under the radar. I don't yeah. think it was like – it didn't go totally viral yet because I think it just 
being swept on the rug with some of the big games last night. It's not that it was USC Colorado, so no one's really paying a ton of attention to that. Yeah. Um, but you want to set the set yeah, the stage. Yeah. So, so Colorado gets a big win. Uh, head coach Tad Boyle kind of like comes back to his student or not student, but you know section behind the bench and has his hands up and he's cheering. He's super he's like happy. Rocky hands of the air. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He's, he's pumped. So nothing wrong with that. I get it. But uh, as they go through the line, you know he's going pretty. Briskly, brisk. yeah, brisk, brisk is, is a word a, I would say, and then word. one of the one of the assistants on USC kind of took, I don't, I, I don't, I it can't like say a, he took offense, yeah. I guess, and yep. said something to him and almost like stopped him in his tracks. He was like, yo, 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 yeah, 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 enough, just chill, yeah, just, enough, just yeah, take you a gotta step win back, like, and relax. You know, you don't need to come through this line, kind of like puffing your chest out. Um, but you know, former guest Martin Bahar, we're gonna, we're gonna have to call him and, and see what he thought yeah, about the matter, but. Should we get rid of handshake lines? Should the college basketball the guy just stopped move? Him, yeah, the guy that stopped him was Jason Hart, who is oh, associate nice. associate head coach, um, second year uh, at USC. Uh, yeah, played, played at Syracuse, Syracuse ninety seven, yeah. two thousand. Like big he time, was a big time big player. Time player. Um, he was really good. I was really good, but that's that's guard. who stopped him. Jason Hart stopped him. And was just like, yo, breathe for a second, dude. You're not gonna just like because it's if if he hadn't done that, I don't say it's like a bad look for USC, but it's just kind of he, he's yeah, like, but the, he's, there's inserted, he's just here. like boom. I'm there's, asserting my dominance. Yes. Like there's history wow. here. Goodman tweeted about it that really? last that uh, Enfield. I think Colorado beat him a couple years ago, and then when Enfield beat them last year, he called a timeout with like ah. 18 seconds left and made no changes. Just called a timeout, talked to his guys, and brought him back out on the floor, and that was it. And I guess Tad Boyle took offense to that. Um, <clears throat> and here we and then are. the players actually kind of got into it a little bit too. Yeah, Derek, Derek Thornton, former Dukie. I know. Um, I always forget about him. Is uh, is well. That's actually someone I was watching the marathon. I was showing Duke. Uh, it was the Grayson travel game, and Derek Thornton was a starting point guard. I and I was like, I wonder. So he's still playing now. I wonder how many players have come and played at Duke while he's left and been at USC. Like in the last like four, basically he's been. At, this is four years yeah, at USC because he sat out a year, played three more. In those four years, how many long. players have cycled through yeah. Duke? Um, and he's still playing college basketball. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean he got in the mix. It's just weird. Like USC Colorado, is that a rivalry? Like no. what you think of it? Yeah, no, like, that's what's crazy. It's like why are you guys so pumped up for this? Like I know it's, it's like a good like, win. But. Yeah. It's like, like Pittsburgh and Clemson like got in, a, so got in a skirmish and like <laughs> oh it's a long story rivalry there. Um, but it, like do you think like from your experience with handshake lines, there's obviously you know, there have been times. I mean, when I was even a manager, seeing things yep. that like people take a lot of offense to. Yep. There's a lot of things that go on, and um, people take it differently. Like some coaches don't say anything. Yep. Nothing. Nothing. Other coaches will stop at each player and be like, "Hey, was the job. one the Calipari Creed handshake where they like kept patting each other on the? He's like patting him on the back, patting him on the back, like pat, holding his hand, like you're gonna stay here, like you're." Like, I think I, I, one of our other former guests, Michael DeCourcy, says we should get rid of it and just do what the NBA does: have them wave, "Hey, what's up?" If you want to come speak come, to like one of your buddies cool or yeah, that, or a coach wants to say something, fine. We, the thing do is, we need the NCAA it? wants to promote sportsmanship I know, I know. so much, so it's like an audience, but like. Is it real sportsmanship by forcing someone to like come shake their hands and like do that? I mean, I remember. So this, I mean, I'd rather do the NBA way. I remember my freshman year at Ohio. It was when you were still there. We had beaten Akron on the road, um, and it was like a brisk handshake between John Gross and Keith Dambrot. I bet. And then we played them at home and beat them by like thirty. Mm-hmm. I was filming that game, and our director of operations, oh, yeah. former former uh, guest. former guest Aaron Foose, now at Chattanooga. I see him running. He's like in the game. He's like two minutes left. He's running up the convo steps, 
just run and got off the bench and comes up to me and was like, hey, <laughs> after him, zoom in on the handshake. So in case something goes down, we've got Devin. So nothing happened. They just, it was a quick, like, yeah, brisk, yeah, yeah. but like, that stuff they definitely. They want to be able to, like, send it to the Mac. Yeah. I remember, yeah, yeah. Too, shout Andy Tool, Robert Morris. We yep. lost to them, I think it was my sophomore year. Yep. L- drew up a play with like five seconds to go. DJ Cooper missed a three in the corner. Shakes grows his hands. He goes, Not a good call, John. Not a good call. I was like, Yo. Oh, man. And Dan- Andy Tool is like a young dude. Yeah. Like, yeah it's yeah. like, I, he talks. He was pissed. Like, yeah, I bet. And so, like, that's the thing. It's like, is that like you? I feel like you can almost like hide under the guise of like sportsmanship, where it's like yep. you can say these little things, or you yep. can give like <laughs> like a little laugh. Yeah, it's you almost better. It's like, all right, just like go your separate ways and just, uh, yeah, wave, and that's it. Yeah. Um, all right, we want to run down the conference. We're gonna just talk about the leader and probably the second place teams in each conference. Want to give everybody kind of an update, and then we're gonna give the green light player of the week, which we haven't done in a couple weeks. Excited about that. This dude is an absolute gunslinger. Hell yeah. um, all right, America East, Vermont in first, Stony Brook in second. Dude, Stony Shout Brook. Shout out to Jeff Bowles, man. Oh my gosh, dude, twenty and five. I think yep. it's best start in school history. Unbelievable. Um, Those are the clear two. Everyone else is kind of, you know, UMBC six and three, whatever. But Vermont and Stony Brook. Clear two for America East. Uh, the American Conference, the weirdest conference Houston. in the world. Uh, Houston and Cincy, Unreal. only two ranked teams right now. 22, 22 and 1. And you know the wildest thing for me with Houston is uh, obviously our first green light player of the week this year was Antoine Davis, son yep. of Mike Davis. Antoine Davis was supposed to go to Houston. If his dad had stayed at Texas Southern, oh, I remember that. he wouldn't have like played at Texas Southern because yep. it's a small swag school, but yep. he went to Detroit and plays there. If they didn't have that, they're twenty. Well, they're twenty-two, 22 and, and one. Sixteen. Um, Kelvin one. Sampson's name's come up a lot now with UCLA as well. Interesting. Is it's, it's wild. I mean, Kelvin Sampson, like he's now gone through the points. Like, all right, all is forgotten. Like, yeah. the guy's winning again. Just like, a couple of years. He's keeping on the right here. So we've got two top twenty-five teams. UCF is still, I guess, in the 16 mix. And Sixteen five. and five. Six and three in conference. Um, they're, they're, they're Memphis has fallen again. off a little bit recently. Yeah. They've uh, what lost three in a row. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go up to so. UConn's practice in a couple weeks, so all I'm right. excited to see them. But they're obviously struggling. First year for Hurley, so that's expected. But yeah, they're they're a two bid two bid. I've got a conspiracy theory for you too. What you got? It's obviously it hasn't happened yet. Um, If an Anthony Davis trade goes down that sends uh, Lonzo Ball to New Orleans, you're the Tulane Green Wave. You have you're four and eighteen this season. You're zero and ten. You have nothing to lose. Do you sign Lamelo Ball to come play in the same city and just make it a spectacle? No. If anybody's, I no. said, if anybody's going to do it, you've got nothing to lose. No, it's got, and you've got the team no. that's in New Orleans. No, you know my answer, absolutely not. Hey, I did read he is. If he averages like eleven rebounds the rest of the season, he'll average a triple double for the year. Spire, unbelievable. Spire I have no comment. Atlantic ten. Uh, shout out to Coach Bob McKillop. Davidson eight and two, tied with VCU right now. Also eight and VCU. two. VCU. Props to Coach Rhodes. I mean they've. Yeah, this well. is this is this conference historically is usually much better. Right now, tough year. Yeah, tough year. There's really only maybe I guess I mean Duquesne. I think Davidson's a good team. VCU's a good team. Dayton, like I watched them earlier in the year, I wasn't that impressed. But yeah, um, they're yeah. probably a two bid league at this point. Maybe three, depending Same, on St. Bonaventure's has really fallen off. Yep. Rhode Florida, Island fell off without Hurley. Richmond, Chris Mooney. That's what I want to be back. Richmond, and this is not a shot at Chris Mooney, but this is the opposite of everyone wants to fall guys that don't take a mid-major guy that has a chance at opportunity to keep a job. Chris Mooney did the opposite, stayed at Richmond, signed like a ten-year extension, yep. and now like, and they went to what the Sweet Sixteen in twenty, like a couple of years ago. Yeah, like it was when VCU went when Chaka was still there, so it was a recent memory. Yeah. He stayed, but then now it's like he's like on yeah, his way out. So like, know. if you, I mean, if the opportunity is right, I'm not gonna fault the guy for taking your. 
No, you're right. Or you got to be. We talk about that with Gross all the time. Should he have stayed or should he have gone? That's, I think that's the perfect example of it. Yeah. So, like, yeah. yeah. All right. The ACC, we've talked enough about them, but uh, Duke and Carolina perched what, at five for first, nine and six one. Six teams right in the top 25 right now. Yeah. Duke, Carolina, Virginia, Louisville, Virginia Tech, Florida Potentially State. Potentially eight teams could probably um, get in. So Virginia Tech losing Justin Robinson hurts them very um, a lot. They've lost two in a row Syracuse now. Syracuse not ranked is interesting. 17-7, same exact record at Louisville, and Louisville's 16th. In it's the wild how the bottom, everyone's like, I mean, BC's 2-8, and eight, but they're still like Notre Dame, Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, Miami are all below them. So yeah. it's very, I mean, you've the got 9-1-9-1-8-2-8-3-8-3, and a little bit in the mix, and then it's like drops 3-7, and 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-9. 2-9. Ace Sun, this is a two-team uh, race good, right though. now. But Ace Sun's good. Lipscomb, Lipscomb and Liberty. awesome. Yeah. I mean, Lipscomb twenty and four. Dude, Liberty. Lipscomb came into Liberty. Shout out Liberty. We uh, friends of the program, um, but they had the big. Uh, They're both undefeated. Mm-hmm. Liberty had the home game, and Lipscomb came in and kind of smacked them around. They obviously mm-hmm. will get to play them again, um, but I think the probably the best thing that could happen for this conference. Lipscomb keeps winning. Liberty wins the conference tournament, and, and then they both get, and they both get in. A Sun that would be unbelievable. Dude, even NJIT is having. They're eighteen and seven. They're having a great. But year. they don't like. Great. They're not. They, like, they won't get through. That's probably the best NJIT's been in a, a while. Yeah. So yeah. it's those three right now. Uh, obviously, we talked about the Big Twelve earlier, Kansas but State, uh, Texas Kansas Tech, State. Iowa State Kansas. Funny enough, not ranked. They're eight and two and eighteen and five. Iowa State's still in the mix to win the conference too. Yeah. So. So you got three teams ranked right now, but Kansas State sits at the top with eight and two conference record. Uh, Big East again talked about that. Villanova still uh, they just suffered their first loss in, in conference. Um, they're ten and one, followed by Marquette. Who I is think nine Villanova gets to a Sweet Sixteen. I don't think they go far. I think I mean, they're. Yeah. I, I, I think, actually probably think round of thirty-two. Really, but it's really just two teams: Villanova ten and one, Marquette nine and two, and then like we talked about, there are five teams tied for five and six. So the Big East down year. Uh, we all know that. But Big Sky, somebody we never, ever talked Dude, about. have we ever talked about Montana. a single? I don't know if we've ever talked about a team no, in any Montana in Montana and Northern Colorado haven't talked about those two teams 17, all 17-6 Montana Grizzlies. That'll be a one-bid league for sure. But uh, I don't know anything about them. No. I, I mean, honestly, I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't <laughs> I sit here with a straight face and like – No, I have nothing. And give, I got uh, nothing for Montana and Northern Colorado, but good job. Uh, Big South, Radford. Radford, dude. Crushing Radford's it. legit. Um, they had a huge. I forget who their win was the other day. Overall. They like back to back, like step backs, like send the basically tie and like win the game. Um, and what ten and one shot Mike Jones. I mean, he's that's like he's been there. He's coached there for a while. Um, and he's finally, I think, at this point, gotten to them. I mean, they're a, I was I don't say the perennial conference leader, um, but I mean they they went to the tournament last year. They've been strong. Pretty much every year. Oh, yeah, Mike Jones, I'm looking at it. They went. Man, he's been there. Dude, a while. he went from his first year, 6 and 26, 13, 19, then 22 and 13, 22 and 12, middle of 16, 15, 14, 18, and then 23 and 13 wins. last year, 18 and 7. Um, that's a guy, I mean, I think it's a, that's a low key person that maybe could get like a, a better job if uh, when some things open up. Yeah, no doubt. Speaking of the Big Ten, we're watching Indiana, Ohio State, an absolute grudge match. It's 49 49 with two minutes left in the game. Uh, Big Ten, this is kind of a toss-up. Michigan, Purdue, and Michigan State all have, well, Michigan Purdue and State Michigan losing State Langford wins. is huge. But then yes. they also did come out yesterday and uh, and put a solid win up against Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, they're everyone was talking, like, oh, this Michigan State now might be, like, the best, like, uh, like not to say favorite to win the championship. But then they've lo- they lost a lot in a row. And losing Langford, I think, will come back to hurt them long term. Um, Michigan, we, I think, it, still really good. I think earlier in the year we said like the Big Ten's going to be down. They got six teams in the top twenty-five. So again, Big Ten survives their, their bottom. Down. Of the this, t- they, bottom. they did a way better job of 
surviving what would what was maybe going to be a down year where the Big East has like yep. killed itself. It's wild because it, so right now you said in the bracketology Minnesota's in, yes. so that would put Michigan, Purdue. Well, go back seat. to go back to the standings real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. seven basically, eighteen. Ohio State will get in too. Then they got to win this. one. Oh, if they win this one, yeah, they need to win this against Indiana. Indiana. It's tied right now with a minute fifty to go. But they could get eight teams in, especially like I said with no Pac-12 teams most likely coming in at large. That helps. Uh, I mean, a team like that that there's some middle of pack teams like a Minnesota, like an Ohio State that can that can get in. Um, no doubt. Um, all right, to the Big West, another conference that we uh, never. Before, last thing about. I, t- I want to yes. touch on it's stuck. We we had given Nebraska. I thought they were going to be so good earlier. They've lost yes. seven. They've lost seven in a row. I know. Does they Coach were th- Miles thirteen. They know. were thirteen and four, and everyone's like, "Oh wow, like this is all right." Uh, Tim Miles given an extension, and now they're three and ten in the conference. Lost seven in a row. Lost seven. Um, seat, seats warm. That's tough. That's, it shows you how things can flip like at any point yeah. in time. Really, really quick. Ooh, big three for Indiana. Um, all right, we'll run through a couple more, and then we'll end. Um, Big West. The, we'll end at the Colonial because that's our Green Light Player of the Week. Uh, Big West Conference, yeah, the UC Irvine Ant Eaters, one of the best nicknames yeah. uh, in sports. Cal State Northridge is Mark Gottfried, right? They're in the bottom. They're ten yeah. and fourteen. This is such an interesting conference, but uh, UC Irvine nine and one. Uh, they have a two and a half game lead on second place. UC Ant Eaters, Santa Barbara. So they're twenty one and five, having a really good year. Um, but let's get to the Colonial. Let's get to the Hofstra Pride. Uh, shout out to Danny O for the for the assist here. But Hofstra is eleven and one. They're twenty one and four overall. Rolling fourteen and zero at home. Fourteen and zero at home. And our green light player of the week is senior from Queens, 6'2", 190 pounds, averaging twenty six points a game. Justin Wright Foreman. His last game, he had forty eight points. He went 7 for 12 from 3, 16 for 24 overall, and a dub over William & Mary, 93-87. I love it too. Zero zero assists, zero rebounds. Only only here to get buckets. That is the green light way. Only here to get buckets. That is the green light way. That's what we like to see. Justin Wright Foreman, shout out to you. And he's a hometown kid, Queens, in the building. What up? Um, Dude, he's awesome. Averaging 26 a game on the season. Um, wild that la- even last year he was shooting more. He's he was shooting eight and a half threes a game. He's cut that down to, to seven now, but he's still filling it up. Twenty six a game. Um, I mean, is shooting forty two percent from three. Unbelievable. That's pretty good. Fifty two percent from the field as a as a six two guard. Um, Not so too bad, my man. Shout out Justin Wright Foreman. Um, that is join a uh, long, just a just a heralded list of of green light. Yeah, I, I gotta get. I gotta go back. Antoine Davis, though. Antoine Davis is, I think, second in the country in scoring. Uh, I mean, I catch, catching up on on him. Um, we got we gotta get some more guys out for you, but there's some interesting ones. Definitely. Listen, the next two weeks are gonna set it up. Almost my absolutely my favorite time of year. Uh, the week of conference championships, Big East, ACC. Unfortunately, ACC is back down in Carolina this year. In Greensboro? No, I always say Greensboro. Where is it? Charlotte, Charlotte. this year. It normally oh, is Green, like next yeah. year's Greensboro. Greensboro should is where it should be. Yeah. Um, but we'll be at least at the Big East. Next couple weeks are are huge, obviously for conference standings. It's wild. Well, Big Ten because of the they go the first, MSG, right? It's, it's they only they have two less games that like their yeah, conference right. will start that's way right. earlier than everybody else so if yeah. they've already played two more games than everybody in conference play so that's really winding down a lot quicker um, which is interesting when you look at like resumes these guys are looking at Ohio State or Minnesota they're already ahead of the curve so don't, don't have as many opportunities to get signature wins yeah no doubt obviously it'll be fun um, to get into it so yeah we'll be back next week to check in and see where everybody's at but uh, until then 
keep the ball bouncing. Deuces. Lately I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you working for. Certain doors were closed but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pull, slush, rustles up next and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.